Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride with Patrick Coyote, Chris Harris, Chris Harris Jr., and Patrick <laughs> Coyote. I am Patrick Coyote. I'm joined, of course, by Chris Harris Jr., Denver Broncos, great Super Bowl 50 champion, all decade cornerback. Chris, how are you doing, man? Good to see you. Doing good, man. Thanks for having me. It's, 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 we got a lot of news today, so I'm excited. We got a lot of news. We got a lot of a lot of things going on. Broncos camp fully underway, and we have to start off this episode, Chris, with some terrible news. Tim Patrick, yep. the Broncos wide receiver who is coming back from an ACL injury, tore his Achilles during a rep yesterday in practice. The video is out there on Twitter for everyone to see, and you can kind of see it, Chris, in the video he just kind of slips up. It looks like he was kind of running an under route, starting to go upfield, just take a just took a weird step and and you can hear the pop. And man, Tim was upset. You can hear him yell, you can hear him scream, threw his helmet down. This is a this is a big blow. We've spent the most of this offseason talking about Tim Patrick returning from the ACL, uh, the the kind of impact and the role that he's gonna have in Sean Payton's offense. Uh, Chris, what can uh, what are your thoughts on Tim Patrick and yeah. the Broncos losing him again for the second straight yeah. season? Oh man, that's definitely a big blow. And um, with last year's system, you know, it probably have been a bigger. It was a huge blow, yeah. you know. But with Sean Payton adding him, I think we have we've added more depth. Bringing in Callaway, a guy that understands the system that can yeah. plug right in <laughs> into what Tim was doing. And uh, not not be as productive as Tim, but he can come in and do his job. You know, do yeah. uh, he, he's still gonna be able to get open, make some plays. Uh, so uh, I still suspect him to do good. Now we need Mims to pick it up early. Yeah. You know, now we see why we had to draft this guy. Yeah. You know, apparently the front office understood what that what was going on in the receiver room to draft a receiver so high because I yep. I remember every a lot of people were complaining <laughs> why we got a receiver. Yeah. You know why we draft. Now you see why we had to draft the receiver pretty yeah. high, you know. So uh, I think that's making like a solid pick, and hopefully Mims can step up and uh, continue to ball. But it sucks for Tim, you know, a guy that I know how hard it is um, tearing your ACL, doing that, doing all that treatment, getting back right, and then um, when you do those type of recoveries and you do those type of treatments, you have to continue to focus on all your muscles in your body, right? Um, continue to strengthen up your Achilles and your ankles. Because you're doing so much knee and calf and mm-hmm. uh, so much hamstring that it gets so tight in those areas. Yeah. If you're not continuing to stay on those uh, body parts, right, you you tear Achilles. Yeah. Things like that happen. Yeah. So um, it's just guys. After you do your recovery, you got to make continue. You got to still do rehab. Yeah. Right. The rehab doesn't stop, especially at the ACL. I was doing rehab a full, at least a full year. Man, right. I really yeah. didn't feel. You, you really don't feel yourself until after that season, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I know he wasn't fully all the way back yet, and he yeah. was working his way back, uh, but it's just sad to see him go like that. Yeah, sure. it's definitely a frustrating ending for Tim. I, I know that this is a guy who was really looking forward to playing last year. He was really excited. You know, I, I got the chance to talk to him at camp last year, and I was like, man, how are you feeling with Russ? And he was like, I, I cannot wait. I can't wait to get out there. I can't wait to play with him. 
it's going to be a big year. And then of course he tears his ACL the next day. And, um, and now you just, you got to feel for the guy. Um, so Tim is out next man up. What does this mean for the Broncos, uh, existing receivers right now, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, we know for a fact that new England, after they missed out on Deandre Hopkins, they called the Broncos again, asking about Cortland Sutton just last week. And Broncos refuted. They said, no, we're not going to, you know, we're not interested. We're not interested. That looks like it's a good decision by the front office. What do you think that this means for yeah. Court and Jerry Judy going into this season? Yeah. Uh, definitely gives Cortland some more, you know, rest. You know, uh, his he has a solid deal, you know, yeah. but it's not like, to the upper echelon of these high receivers of what you're paying for. Right. So we really have a, we really have Cortland for a great deal that yeah. I think is pretty much, you know, it's, 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 it's a great deal compared to the rest of the receivers of what you got to, a lot yeah. of these, a lot of receivers are making 20 plus now, yeah. you know? So it, I think it's smart. That's why Bill Belichick is calling because he knows <laughs> I can get a number one receiver for a decent price, yeah. you know, that's not the top of the market value. Yeah. That still has a lot, a lot of potential left. Yeah. So yeah. I think Cortland still he's a he came in raw, you know. He was a guy that was a kind of a project, but he had a, unbelievable talent. Yeah. So I don't think we've tapped in all his talent and his abilities and what he can do on the field. We kind of seen it his first year. My well, was that his rookie year with me when he just went crazy? No, it or was, those was first, those first couple years. Those first two years. Yeah. He he was going off and in the trajectory. With Drew Locke, I high. mean. Yeah. 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 So uh, I think he can still get there, you know. And uh, so I, I think that was smart to hold on to him and try to see if we can max out the potential on this guy because it's not a lot of guys that could move and as big and as strong as him around no. the league. So no. uh, you want to try to see if you can tap in that p- potential more. And hopefully Sean Payton can use him more with the Michael Thomas and, yeah. and give him those numbers, you know, because he has the talent. Yeah. And, and I mean, this is going to be a, a big year for Cortland. You know, going into those final years of a contract is always kind of crucial that the pressure mounts up on players. I'm sure you know um, this is going to be a big year for Jerry Judy as well. He's due for a payday. He's probably going to be that next Broncos receiver that's going to get paid if he can show that he was worth that top pick and and put up the numbers that we've all been kind of waiting for him to put up. But this is going to be an interesting situation this offseason as well. What are you going to do with Tim Patrick? What are you going to do with Cortland Sutton? Are you going to bring either one of those guys back? Probably not both. Again, probably one or the other. So it's going to have to be on a team-friendly deal. You have Marvin Mims waiting in the wings. Um, But there are other options out there, Chris. If the Broncos are looking for a wide receiver to take the place of Tim Patrick, they did sign another free agent, uh, Nick Williams, I believe. Uh, who played with the Broncos last year. He's out of Colorado. But there's some interesting options out there for veteran wide receivers. And I think that needs to be the emphasis for Sean Payton as you're rebuilding a culture and and you're trying to to make this team into a playoff team, like you said, you're going to need veteran leadership. And and here's some of the names that I have, Chris. I've got Julio Jones, the Julio Jones, uh, Preston Williams, who's had some up and ups and downs. He was with uh, Miami and and Carolina for a little bit. Um, Rashard Higgins, who was a name that I was pretty interested in Jarvis Landry and Josh Gordon out of those guys, who do you think would be like the best veteran ad for the Broncos? Yeah, man. I think of course, Josh Gordon would be the biggest, you know, uh, size. And he was a beast when I, when he was with the Browns, when I was playing him. So 
Free Hopefully camp. he could still I was hoping that he could at least get in a camp, you know, at least try to get a tryout. Yeah. Um Higgins is an interesting name. You know, he's yeah. been sol- a very solid receiver. Um that you know that's reliable. So uh it's gonna be interesting to see uh what what they want to do. But it seems them picking up Nick Williams. They want to give Mims the ultimate opportunity to come through the door and be an impact player. So I'm I'm good with that strategy of what they're going. We want to see what Mims can do. And if he can't do it, we'll learn pretty soon, you know, first four games. And then we'll be able to try to be able to pick up one of these free agents that are out there. Yeah, I, I think Josh Gordon wouldn't be a bad idea to at least bring him in. He was with Ben DiNucci in the XFL. They had a great connection. Yeah. Maybe that's something that, you know, they can take advantage of, but that's a guy that has size. He's got, he's got the skill. Uh, I do believe that Josh Gordon also played with Russell Wilson in Seattle for that short little stint. Yeah. If I can't, if I'm, if I'm mistaken, please correct me. But yeah. um, you know, that, that would be an interesting signing if that's the the way that they, they want to go. But yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah. Give Mims all the chances that he can, you know, Callaway and Humphrey are still there. Those are guys that have had opportunities within this offense before. And then Jalen Virgil mm-hmm. and Brandon Johnson are still both there and, and they're still young. They're both fast they're, They both have decent size. So uh, I, I'm interested to see uh, what goes on, but also speaking of the wide receiver room, Chris KJ Hamler was a guy that we talked about a couple episodes ago. Um, he was unfortunately waived from the Broncos yesterday, uh, because it was discovered that he had a condition known as pericarditis, which is an inflammation of the tissue around the heart. Um, this was something that we did allude to in an earlier episode. We just could not talk about it. Uh, Chris, really quick, what are your thoughts on KJ Hamler being waived and, and do you see a potential reunion in the future? Oh man, it was just, I would say it was definitely, uh, feel bad for the kid. He didn't have too much success. He was always, you know, he had a lot of injuries and then now he has a heart issue. So it just been all bad, you know, since he's been able to come in the league, he hasn't been able to, um, it hadn't been that potential pick that we thought, you know, coming out of Penn state. So, um, it's all bad. Um, hopefully he can be able to get, you know, his proper, um, doctors to be able to help him recover build up his heart back. Um, uh, so I've never, you know, this is a rare injury. You know, I haven't heard yeah, too many guys in the NFL have this issue. So um, hopefully yeah. just pray for him. Hopefully he'll be able to get back. Um, no, I, you, you never know how long. You, this is a heart issue, yeah. right? This this yeah. is way bigger than football. This is talking about your life here. So yeah. um, we're just uh, yeah. glad that he's still alive and able to still live his life. And hopefully he has the right doctors in his corner. Uh, when you're in the NFL, you know, usually they catch this stuff pretty fast, you know, uh, with yeah. all the tests and the physicals that you have to go through. So um, I'm surprised that they weren't able to catch on this pretty earlier. So, uh, but, um, or maybe they did. And, you know, uh, you, you never know with the NFL. You never know. Yeah. So uh, but just hope that he's able to uh, get back right, get his mental mental right as a person. And uh, just understand yeah. football is not everything. It's not going to – not everybody's going to play 10-plus years in the league, right? Yeah. That's that's rare to happen. Very rare for you. So, uh, man, just, guys just got to – they can't just put their all in the game, you know, because yeah. anything can happen. Yeah, no, and we do wish KJ a very speedy recovery. Um, in, in other news here for the Broncos, they did sign uh, offensive lineman Yasir Durant 
who played at Missouri. He also played mm-hmm. in New Orleans with Sean Payton. Um, he played inside, played outside. He's a big dude, though. I mean, he's like 6'7", 300 plus pounds. Mm-hmm. He's a massive guy. Uh, it, this kind of speaks to the Broncos' current lack of depth in the offensive line. And we talked about this in our offensive breakdown mm-hmm. for training camp. But the, the Broncos seem to, to know that they have some weaknesses along the offensive line depth. So this is something that we're going to keep an eye out for. Uh, last thing here before we get into our training camp notes here, Chris, Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett today uh, responded to Sean Payton's remarks in that USA Today article that we talked about um, last week. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers said <laughs> to keep my coach's name out of your mouth. Um, I, I think that this is... <laughs> This is going to be a very fun media narrative over the next, God, two months until they play in week five. Um, You know, for you, Chris, do you think that Aaron is sending a message to the Jets or do you think he's sending a message to Sean Payton? I would say to both, you know, uh, Aaron's been very friendly to the Jets. You know, I seen him got a new contract. (laughs) Saving them money and yeah, you know, doing yeah. he's you know, he, this is a different Aaron Rodgers million dollars, you know. So, who's whatever, this guy? Whatever was going on in Green Bay, man, uh, you know, they got a lot of they must have been doing this guy wrong, you know, because he, he's totally different person in New York, you know. And so, yeah. I, I like it. We need this type of uh beef and energy back rivalry back in the uh back in the sport, man. We need to keep that hot, you know. I love when I see. Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes talking mess. Like, I love that. Yeah. Like, or when oh, Tyreek yeah. Hill talks mess to Eli Apple. Now they're teammates. It's funny, man. <laughs> now they're teammates. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I love that. So that's what we need in the game. And um, uh, what Aaron Rodgers told him, man, hey, Sean Payton, keep your name out of my mouth. Keep my coach's names out of my mouth. Because I, we're not, you're not playing. You're not the ones coming between these lines, yeah. right? That's me. Yeah. And it's going, it's going to be me going against your team. So, you know, yep. Now, now it's on the players to go out there and handle and back up their coach. And Aaron Rodgers is the one holding the football every time. So it's going to be – he has the advantage in being able to see if his team's going to win. Well, I can't wait for that game in Denver. Um, I can tell you right now from looking at Broncos Twitter and, and during this whole drama, there is about a 110% chance that the first drive – that the Jets have the ball, it will be extremely loud in Mile High Stadium. Yes, but there will also be a countdown for the play clock as a result of last year's debacle with getting the plays in and counting yeah. down the clock. What Nathaniel Hackett had to say today about coaches living in a glass house and he's, you know, he's the son of a coach and yada, yada, yada. Look, all of the things that Sean Payton said in in his article, whether however you feel about them, A, they were true. B, it was already public knowledge. It's nothing that we didn't know. It was just other players and other assistant coaches who chose to be anonymous and executives who had these things to say about him. If that If that makes you upset, I don't know what to tell you, bud. Maybe you're in the wrong business. Uh, because everything that you do as an NFL coach is going to be magnetized and, and, and scrutinized on a very, very fine level. And, you know, 
if that makes you upset, right. sorry, do do a better job. Like I I don't know what to tell you. Right. So definitely uh definitely excited for week five i know broncos fans are i know jets fans are i can't wait for it to get over uh you know it, it, it's gonna be a fun day the last time that aaron Rodgers played in denver 77 yards the last time that he played against sean payton Jameis winston threw five touchdowns <laughs> we'll see what happens uh so we are going to get on to our training camp notes and chris there's a lot a lot, a lot of information that is coming out of Broncos training camp. I want to first thank my sources for all these notes at Zach Seegers. He does amazing work um, uh, with his Broncos coverage uh, at Broncos Avenue. They are also doing amazing coverage at camp as well. And all the fine folks who are at Broncos camp, thank you so much for keeping us up to date with all of these fantastic notes and breakdowns of plays that are happening but chris the first thing that i have gathered from all of these notes is that the defense has been absolutely balling and and this is the front line this is the linebackers this is the secondary this is all of the above zach allen has been a monster he has been giving the offensive line fits mike purcell has been coming back from his injury he's still been playing well dj jones has been doing extremely well and even with the suspension of the player last week the broncos did bring in shelby harris for a workout chris man we're not a life profits man we're calling it i mean (laughs) how do we know Uh, but you know, we've, we talked about in our defensive breakdown about, uh, cornerbacks and Damari Mathis versus Riley Moss as the battle that we wanted to watch. And it, from everything that we have heard, Damari Mathis is the one who is kind of breaking away. He's had several PBUs against Jerry Judy, uh, coming across the middle is, is staying on his hip. His technique looks a lot better. These are great things to hear. Justin Simmons has, uh, I believe he's up to four interceptions in a row now during practice. And mm-hmm. Chris, the edge defenders, Nick Benito, Jonathan Cooper, they have looked a lot better. And I think that has something to do with Frank Clark being in the building. Um, your quick thoughts about the Broncos defense showing out in camp and how they can continue this trajectory into the preseason and of the regular season. Man, that's what we expect uh, from this defense, uh, finishing in top five last year. Um, then you bring in Coach Joseph, a guy that he's got great experience around the league, um, a great co- defensive coordinator. And then add in the new pieces that we brought, especially with the D-line I, and the edge rusher. Yeah. So being able to get Gregory back, you know, add, bring having mm-hmm. Frank, you know, now you got some good vet edge rushers, good vet D-line that's going to be solid every week, you know, stopping the run, um, consistent yeah. on um, being able to rush Patrick Mahomes and Herbert. So I, I feel very comfortable with the defense. I'm glad Mathis has stepped up because he was one of the question marks that I had on the defense. Yeah. So uh, as long as he continues the ball, man, he's going to make the defense even better. So as long as Mathis uh, uh, continues to shine like he's doing um, and Justin continue to be a playmaker, get that ball back like he's doing, and I'm pretty sure Sertan will get on the board too. So um, oh, yeah. Those, yeah, those guys. Um, I, I'm, I'm defense is not the issue. It hadn't been the issue for a while for 
you know, for a decade. We got time. They're the headline. Yes. They're so the headline. We we don't we just need the defense and big games, key games to close out the games. Yeah. That's that would be my only knock on those guys is when we have the lead, because Russell did give us a lead a couple of games, finish the games out yeah. with the lead. You know, we got the lead. So that would be my only yeah. knock. Uh, but I, I, I'm not surprised at all by uh, the, the the notes that you're hearing from the defense. Yeah, it, it is good to hear that Benito and Cooper are kind of are coming along a lot better. There's been a lot of pressures, uh, which is awesome to see. You know, you want the offensive line to play lights out, but like we have we have to remember as both mm-hmm. media and as fans and as players, you're going against a good defense. Yeah. The defense is going to ball out. The defense is going to have your, they're going to have the upper hand in 11 on 11 drills. When you're doing install, they're going to have the upper hand. We know that, but they're also still very skilled. Justin Simmons, you know, creating turnovers. Amazing. PJ Locke and Caden Stearns also have been playing really well. The, The secondary depth. Yeah. This is what we talked about in our breakdown. Secondary depth has to be, the big thing. Jaquan McMillian yep. has been playing well. Uh, even Fayon Hicks has been getting reps in 11 and 11, and he's been playing well. So these are all very positive things for us to see coming out of Broncos camp. Uh, and you talked about stopping the run. And man, the Broncos running backs have been putting on a show mm-hmm. at training camp. Jaleel McLaughlin has in yesterday and today has ripped off runs of 65 yards, 50 yards and 35 yards all for touchdowns. This guy might be the real deal. Uh, Samaj P Ryan also is as advertised. He's a big back. He's been ripping off big runs. He's had a couple of 20 plus yard runs, but Chris, the biggest news right here. Javante Williams has practiced in every single practice of camp. This is incredible. His recovery from his ACL injury has been stellar to see. It's so awesome to see that he's back in camp and healthy. Uh, What do you think about the news coming out about these running backs? And do you think that this is a positive sign for the running back group or more of a positive sign for the offensive line and their run blocking skills? Um, I think that's the positive side for Russell Wilson. Let's just say that because now he has a running game that he can rely on to be able to open up the pass, um, to add that play action and do the uh, play action deep, deep bombs that he likes to throw. So um, that's what he needs. He needs a team that's going to be aggressive on that run and be able to open up that pass, make it easy for him. And with uh, I already knew P. Ryan, you know, facing him, I hated tackling that guy. You know, he's a big guy. You know, he's just got to. As, he's and he's big. strong, man. Just being a, a DB, having to tackle this guy for for so long, he just didn't never got the touches. You know, he never was fed yeah. the ball long. He was more of a reliable third down back, coming getting Mixon yeah. whenever you know. But I always felt that he ran harder than Mixon. You know, so being able to yeah. pick him up, I think that was a great pickup. Um, and this new guy, uh, hopefully, he you know we can use a guy that could take it 50 or take it 60. We haven't had a lot of those guys since, you know, Phillip or Ronnie Hillman. So if we get a guy that can take it 50, take it 60 yards, uh, we need those big, big plays at the running game. So um, like I said, this is great news for Russell Wilson. So that's what we need. Amazing. Amazing news for Russ. And, 
And, you know, there are these reports that are coming out about, you know, Russell Wilson struggling in, in practice and all this stuff. But he's also like he's throwing at one of the best safeties in the league and and one of the best the best cornerback yeah. in the league in Patrick Sertan. So, yeah, you're you're going to make mistakes during practice. That's what practice is about. You're supposed to yeah. make mistakes in practice, but you're supposed to fine tune everything, work everything, install everything and execute and you execute on game days you can make mistakes right. in practice execute on game days and i feel like russ is going to be able to do that when you're going up against two of the top dbs in the game you're going to make mistakes it's going to happen and but, one of the top five nickels you know we, and kj is not yeah. no scrub at safety yeah. so you're going against a great secondary top five secondary. yeah and you're getting pressure from Zach Allen. Yeah. You're getting pressure from Nick Benito and Frank Clark and Randy Gregory. Like you're yeah. there's mistakes are going to happen and it's fine. But uh, I definitely agree. The running backs performing well, Javante being back. This is all great news for the run game, for the offensive line, but also for Russell Wilson. So Chris, that's going to do it for our training camp notes. We will be back with more training camp notes in our next episode. But now it is time for my favorite segment of the show, the no fly zone. And Chris, you have a teammate of yours that is being inducted into the Hall of Fame very soon. DeMarcus Ware, Super Bowl 50 champion, Cowboy great, Broncos great. And, and I wanted to ask you this in, in honor of the Hall of Fame game. Which teammate of yours in Denver, outside of Vaughn, Peyton, and of course, D. Ware, two of those three already being in the Hall of Fame. Which teammate of yours in Denver, outside of those guys, has the best chance of being a Hall yeah. of Famer? Oh man, that's a, you put me on the spot with that one. I would have to say <laughs> uh, probably to leave. Probably to leave would have to be the next. Would have to be the next so. um, guy. <laughs> just seeing how um, he had tons of interceptions. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I think he was like a couple picks away from pick the record sixes. on pick six. Yeah, you know, for our generation, our our decade, I was definitely mad when he didn't get all decade because they definitely should have got a spot. Yeah, they should have added another corner for to leave. But um, to uh, that might be the only thing that might hurt him uh, is that yeah. all decade. But other than that, I mean, he had a great career. He was always in the top five, top ten corners uh, throughout his career. And that interception return, you know, that's um, not too many guys get 10 picks to score. So uh, I would say no. he would be my next teammate. Um, now I'm thinking like him or DT, you know, and we see how hard it yeah. is for receivers to get in. So um, yeah. I would say those two would probably be my next best teammates that uh, have possibility to go to Hall of Fame. Yeah, DT had a great stretch uh, uh, of receiving during those the Peyton years and yeah. Um, I mean, his, I, I arguably one of the most iconic plays in Denver Broncos history, uh, yeah. in the, the playoff game against Pittsburgh, but, uh, definitely ring a great fame. answer. I, definitely. They'll be yeah. Oh yeah. Fame. Yeah. DT. Yeah. He'll, yeah. he'll be in the Broncos. Uh, he'll, he'll long time be in the Broncos hall yeah. of fame. Um, but what do you think personally defines a hall of fame caliber player? Yeah. I would say you probably you need to probably be at the top of your position for at least you know a good stretch you know I would say eight mm -hmm. to eight to ten years you know a lot of the Hall of Fame guys play for uh, 
a good stretch. But we've seen guys make it that had like unbelievable five years, six years, you know, Probably just being is. elite for a short period of time. So it's hard to measure off what they go. Yeah. And I don't like just measuring off of the accolades because all that stuff can be, you know, um, he say, she say, or what market you were in that spot. Yeah, yeah. But I would say you would have to be one of the dominant, dominant yeah. at your position for a very long time. And, you know, um, and we see that a lot. We've seen a lot of guys during the era of, you know, make it in, in the Hall of Fame, which were, they were in that top three dominant, top five dominant in their era. Like champs corners. The yeah. corners and champs areas, you know, they've had I Law, yeah. uh, Revis, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, they were the top at one point, but you know, a lot of the times they were in the top five, you know, top ten, you know. So uh it just depends yeah. on how you're gonna grade it, you know, and what they're measuring off of. And and uh really it's off of what uh, how was you scouting this guy every week? Like, was he a blue chip guy every yeah. week? We knew when we had to see um, let me see, Antonio Gates. We like, okay, he's a blue. We know that he's an elite tight end, or Mahomes. He's an elite guy. He'll be a Hall of Fame. Well, those guys, you know, that you really got to look out for uh, when when you play. When you played us, you know, you had to look out for our edge guys. You better look out for me and Tlaib yeah all over yeah. the field, you know, because um, we were the kind of the blue chips guys, you know. And but that's just how <laughs> that's how it is, man. It's really off of how who you're how you're preparing each week, you know, on that opponent. Yeah. Yeah. God, I, I do not envy the offensive coordinators that I had to plan against you guys for that stretch of that stretch of time. And thinking yes. about it just makes my head spin. Because you can't go anywhere. You can't yeah. do anything at all. Uh, <laughs> just try to run it up the middle, I guess. I don't know. Uh last thing here, Chris. You know, we always talk about um you know, hindsight is always 2020 and, and in Broncos country, that is just as true as anything else. What if we did this? And what if we did that? How many Super Bowls would we have if we drafted this guy? And what would we do if we, you know, kept Elvis Doomerville? Um, for you, what's one thing that you would go back and tell your college self? Uh, just of as a piece yeah. of advice, man, I would probably never switch to safety my senior year. I would probably just <laughs> stay that corner because I was rated way higher at corner. <laughs> and then, you know, I wanted to help the team. I, I would have been a little bit more selfish. I would have said, have a little bit more selfish yeah, and stay at corner because that's where I was rated at. Now I moved to safety. I got lost in a shuffle and then I went undrafted. So I would say definitely – Sometimes you got to have a little selfishness in you. And I would have stayed at corner if I would have yeah. told my, my younger self probably. That would be the one major advice. There you go. That's, that's a good piece of advice. Stay at corner, yeah. be selfish. <laughs> we, we love that. Well, Chris, that's going to do it for our episode today. We're going to be back with more training camp updates uh, in our next episode. Make sure that you're following both of us on Twitter at Chris Harris Jr., at Patrick Chiodi, at Believe Network. I guess we should say follow us on X now. Cool. But, uh, you know, <laughs> we're not going to we're not gonna change. We're not going to change. They can't do it to us. Uh, make sure that you're subscribing to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And Broncos country, until next time, let's ride. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.